to the Movie Machine Podcast, a show produced by Hot Chocolate Media, where we make up a movie really fast for you, based on a random suggestion from the internet. I am your moderator today, Jacob Gulliver, and as always, I am joined by three of the Hollywood elite. We have our writer, Lauren Haven, who is the industrial sand supplier for The Mummy Returns. We have our director, Kyle Decker, who is Steve Martin's physical comedy coach on The Jerk. And we have our producer, Ben Lifson, who is Bill Murray's voice coach on Garfield 2, Tale of Two Kitties. Welcome, everyone. I didn't know that he did a second one, I thought, because he didn't realize stuff. Anyway. Yeah, uh, you know, he. Uh, anytime I told him to improve something, he said, um, this is Garfield 2, just let it go. So your theme for this week is satirical horror. The main characters are an unstable outlaw and an attractive official. The major event of the story is smuggling. So I think we're living in a very interesting time where where um, satire and true storytelling are becoming a little muddled and and horror and good feelings are becoming a little muddled. So I'm really interested in taking on a story like this one here. So we're going to, uh, it's going to take place in the future in kind of like a dystopian, no, I'm sorry, not the future. It's going to take place in a, a dystopian now. So it, everything looks very similar to what we have today but there's just something a little tinged and off about it all we're gonna focus a lot on our main character Andrew and Andrew we grew up pretty well off but he realized the fault in the rich and elite so he he took off to to kind of um, do like a Robin Hood style steal from the rich give to the poor kind of a inspired um, adolescence and along the way he meets Bill and and Bill is a cop, but it's somebody, Bill and Andrew used to go to school together is the thing. So they both come from the same affluent neighborhood in uh, New York, of all places. Really looking for an original take, so I thought New York, and that's not something you see too often. They're kind of just kind of doing this cat and mouse game along the streets. And eventually, Andrew gets Bill to, to jump on board, and they kind of do a kind of like a Batman, Inspector Gordon type relationship, but uh, a little bit more intricate because Bill actually starts to kind of fall from the, he starts to question his own morality and he kind of gets a little bit mixed up in a way that he wasn't expecting to um, as far as the whole uh, stealing from the rich and, and giving it to the poor kind of a idea here. The other thing that complicates it is is there is a love story between Andrew and Bill. They kind of discover some things about themselves along the way. And we're going to title the movie Smuggling Love. Okay. All right. So we're going to pass it over to our director, Kyle. Kyle, you, you have a bag deposited, like a duffel bag deposited. It's full of cash that's soaked with tears. And then there's a script on the top. 
It says smuggling love on it. What do you think? Yeah. Is this something that uh, you can put a spin on? Uh, yeah. So I'm loving the kind of like forbidden love and everything. But so our two leads have to have a lot of chemistry and have to have worked together before for this to really work. Like they have to have that like interpersonal connection to sell the love and the emotion. And, and I want people crying at the end of it for their love for each other. So we're going to make this a uh, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg vehicle. Like, I don't really care who plays. I'll have them, you know, rock, paper, scissors for it. They both have tons of charisma. You know, classically, Nick Frost plays the slightly dumber one. You know, whoever you decide we want to be the dumber character. You know, I, I want the writer on set with me so we can, you know, they're very talented comedians. So I'll have them ad lib a bunch, but I'll also have the writer there ready to write new jokes and stuff for them and really keep it flowing and good. And then the whole thing, I want to film, you know, pretty traditional. You know, I want to use a nice camera and I want to as many locations as possible build sets where we can't find a suitable location so i think we'll film this in eastern europe because it'll be you know we'll get tax breaks and stuff but some some place like prague or somewhere nearby in the area so we've got all the old buildings and medieval buildings to film with and have that look and i want to bring in like a top-notch costume designer like i want to bring in a costume designer who uh worked on like the most recent Star Wars movies and stuff, or maybe the, the oh, let's bring in the Black Panther costume designer. So we just get some really, I want want them to go like buck fucking wild with the costumes as far as just like, I want cool pouches and things and let's use these medieval locations and everything. But like, let's have lots of, you know, crane shots and, and, and dolly shots and just make it very dynamic. But always, always, always keep our, our action in the center of the frame since we're doing comedy and we're just, no matter what's going on in the frame our two leads are or whatever the point of action will always be center frame so people won't be conscious but it'll be very you know this is where your eye every time whatever we want the eye will be center frame will be good it'll be very funny in jokes but i also want you know there to be that connection and i think if anyone can pull off i don't think it needs to be like a necessarily a truly romantic but it, i want to show like the best example of like two men like who are in love and comfortable and touch each other and all without like let's show like the most positive version of masculinity ever with these two characters and i think that's what we're gonna go and it's gonna be just this beautiful epic with like this truly genuine humor and friendship and it's just to be a celebration of love between two men and you know the robin hood thing so that's what I got. All right, Ben. So you got some details. You've mm. got uh, a big scope pitched yeah. for this mm. action comedy piece with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Right, right, right. Smuggling love. Yeah. What do you think? Is this working for you? So I got some bad news in a few areas. Um, I'm not going to solve any of them because that's your guys' job. So first off, Smuggling Love. Uh, we can't use that name because it turns out that that's actually the name of a porno that the um, studio owns. You know, and they really don't want to pull up the copyright for that because it would involve acknowledging that that existed. You know, 85, the studio had some rough patches, but uh, smuggling but love out. Uh, second, I am liking this, though. I really like, uh, I think, you know, we automatically have an audience of people who like those two. You know, we can say it's part of the Blood and Ice Creams trilogy, uh, except now we'd have to think of another name. Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Except it, it, except I'm not Edgar Wright, so it's just it's just a... Yeah, but, you know, we're tricking people. Spir- so. Spiritual successor to yeah, Cornetto uh, trilogy. Right, that's, what the, that's one of the studio buzzwords that we can use to avoid criticism. All right, so spiritual successor, that also means you're spiritually successing their budget, which is only about $20 million. 
So you're going to have to make some uh, cuts there, um, your costumes, your cranes. You're going to have to be a bit more mindful of that. Ironic about a movie about stealing money, am I right, guys? <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, that's an issue you're going to have to guys deal with. Uh, that being said, we can throw you guys another five mil if you can get in one more really good comedian to play just sort of the face of the um, elite crust, as it were. You know, just a kind of character who just embodies all the things that they're trying to steal from. You know, because you want, if you're doing a heist movie, which this is, you want the bad guy to look, you don't want to root for the bad guy. And, you know, like in real life, super rich people, you know, are the nicest people I know. So, you know, we need to show that this is an exceptionally bad rich person. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, uh, 25 mil if you can make that kind of character. Otherwise 20 and need a new title. There are also 50 other porn names. Um, I think you'll... Just, just when you pitch the name, just, just think, is it something that we would have made in 1985 as a porno? I'll let you know. All right. So, Lauren, you've got some feedback from the studio. They want more action. They want a little more platonic relationship. They want a, a villain. What do you think? Is this working for you? They want a new title as well? Uh, you know, I, I do think that I can work with some of these things. I think if we're looking at making it a little bit more of a platonic relationship, instead of having them be best friends, I'm interested in having them be cousins instead. So we're really going to kind of take out the romantic narrative altogether. Then maybe we can pass the Bechdel test on this one, which is really something I'm interested in doing. So we're going to make them uh, cousins instead. We're going to keep them as males. Fuck the Bechdel test. Which means that we can also spring for that extra five million by having Simon's father be this uh, bad guy elite that we can that we can really kind of focus in on the two cousins then taking down their father slash uncle. Prospectively father slash uncle, not like a hillbilly father uncle type thing, just to be clear as we're going <laughs> forward with um, with our direction here. So we will have that villain in there that they can really kind of fuel their their rage off of which I think will be ideal. I'm very interested in the costuming so I'll be writing in um, some little like bits that they can do with their costume pieces as far as like getting you know hung up on a, a staircase or something like that I'll, I'll be sure that those types of bits are are really um, in there to give our costume designer something to work with in, in addition to just their general flash. Uh, and then looking at uh, boy the name change I guess I really didn't even think to compare it to like a, a porno library I was then thinking cousin love but that sounds like something that might be something so we're gonna stray away from that. That's the other studios that okay but we still probably if we want people to be able to google it we're probably going to want to avoid porno titles altogether oh that would be on like page five. Oh, okay use that name i'm really thinking something like um theft in the family maybe just like uh theft in the family is actually pretty good it's not bad yeah I, i'm digging that it's not bad yeah no you or, know it we're fine with that one great i think we, we have a no title longer then. own the rights to that one so we're fine Oh, excellent. The only thing that I would like to add is I'm also going to put in a quirky dog. So Simon's going to have a dog that has to travel around with him. Just something to keep in mind. Sure. All right. So we're going to swing it back over to our director, Kyle. What do you think about the new changes? Does this go in the direction you I mean, like? Yeah, it's, we're filming in Eastern Europe. So, you know, the, the budget isn't much of an obstacle. It's super cheap like dirt cheap there i uh, will use all like local eastern european crew i'll reduce the number of the crane and crane dolly shots i'll do more i'll find just a really 
kick it. I'm going to get it like a movie harness and have do a lot of it handheld. But the movie, so we can kind of fake some dolly shots and stuff with that. And then we'll just get like a drone to foe some of our other shots. And we'll just do big sweeping score. We won't do dialogue in the drone shots. And we'll still get some of our epic shots. It just won't be as expensive. And then uh, I made a deal to get a little extra budget. There was a Russian gangster who wants to launder some money. So he's he's signed on as a financier. Made a deal. And so like we have an extra 10 million for budget from him. It was a lot more than that, but he has to look like he, you know, lost some money, is laundering money and he'll be fine. But I I don't see how he just wants to, you know, make his cash real and he wants to say he's a you know hollywood producer and so now we can give him a title we got 10 million the budget and you know that's fine you know whatever yvonne wants um he just wants to be on set and hang out and we're gonna let him do that we gave him one of the chairs that says producer on it and yeah he's just gonna hang out and be cool and leave it alone uh i'm digging the dog i'm gonna make it a corgi because corgis are hot right now um we'll call him reginald and and so and 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 Simon Pegg's just gonna talk to Reginald all the time, and and we'll get we'll get a corgi actor corgi that can like turn his head and look and just kind of bark sometimes. It would be adorable and he'd be so cute. And then uh, I'm gonna actually change instead of the the dad slash uncle, it's gonna be the mother slash aunt. And to keep budget down, I'm gonna get you know we've got two great icons of British comedy and stuff, and we're gonna get Tracy Ullman to play the villain and she's just gonna be unless you want we tracy ullman's kind of like i'm sorry are we hiring women to cut costs no are no no she's in british no it's it's because it's because she's british british actors are cheap because they're industry yeah that's why i'm just not doing an american it's not because she's a grumble, woman grumble back to it's, my union it, it's because she's british not because she's a woman it's Tracy Ullman. It just like they're British, so we don't have to pay them as much as American actors. Britain right now is still in the EU, so there's less tax implications and all than if they were American. It'll be great. And then uh, again, Tracy Ullman's great. And then yeah, that's it. Like I, I got some ways to save money. You know, Yvonne. You know, he, he's fine. He just wants to hang out on set. We're all good. All right, so we're going to throw it back over to Ben, our producer. Last chance before it goes out the door. What do you think about the changes your crew have made? Mm, yeah. That's pretty good. I uh, definitely avoided uh, some of the pitfalls there with naming. You know, I, I think, you know, just really punching up that this is this is really more of a marketing thing at this point. You guys aren't involved because you're a creative type, so don't worry. But this is the business side of things. You know, it's part of making movies. You wouldn't understand. But anyway, you know, we're really going to just really hammer in this spiritual successor thing. You know, really make it. Was that guy Mr. Wright who made those other films? I think he's aware we're making these films, but, you know, we're just going to constantly mention him. We're not going to say that it's his film, but, you know, you know, we'll retweet his stuff a lot and have him show up on set a lot of times. And, you know, just because we want to get people to see it just because they have that Edgar Wright connection. And, you know, once they find out they've been duped, they've already seen it. And, you know, then we can say it's a spiritual successor. And so we're good. And, you know, uh, yeah, I just I just think that we're really going to have to go on that. And then once they see the movie, you know, I'm assuming it's funny. Um, I've lost the ability to feel any humor in my life. So hopefully, you know, you guys tell me it's funny. And so I believe you. And so, yeah, just give it out the door. And, you know, I, I got no more notes. You kept it under the budget and it's projecting well. All right, so I'm going to plug theft in the family into the movie machine and pull the lever, which sounds like a delicious high five. A platonic friends. 
All right, so... Yeah, your movie comes back. It does fine. You guys do a, a fairly low budget, and the vast majority of the, the actors and the crew feel like they're kind of underpaid. Some of the tourism board is a little bit, you know, feeling a little bit underwhelmed with the amount of work that you ended up doing for them. So it doesn't, doesn't leave a lot of the cast and crew with great tastes in their mouths, but you do make your money back, and you do continue to work. Edgar Wright definitely feels a little duped as well. Like he thought he was coming to hang out and he sees he's being used in these like marketing schemes and stuff. So he's not real happy about that. And it sounds like the uh, production company is in a little bit of hot water just in terms of uh, the, the publicity that this film has garnered. But overall, you guys do okay. The film makes money and you, you go home with a, a paycheck. Just you look kind of shady. Not to mention that Ivan murders a bunch of people and like then it gets covered up, but everybody still kind of knows about it. Does he murder anyone on the cast or crew? No. Okay. Well, this is our specialty. We kept yeah. 50 porno secrets, so this is nothing for us. Right. Well, like, you you went over at the beginning of, like, the, the negotiations with him that he wasn't allowed to murder anybody on the cast or crew. But, you know, whenever there was, like, outside things, like when they bring in, like, caterers or, like, people, they're like, oh, we need to bring in this stuff. And then whenever they show up, oh, I don't like this guy. Or, like, drivers, random people that, like, are moving around that he doesn't like. Sorry. So he's he's got he's got to find an out somewhere, and that's the loophole that he found. So the movie machine is magic, and you can go back and change anything you would like if you wish to, uh, or you can call it art and say, "Hey, I got a paycheck. See you later." So beginning with our writer Lauren. You know, overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with the with the dynamics that we found in the mother son and um, aunt nephew relationships I think that's not usually something that's examined so I think I think we we are really kind of making some progress here the majority of the heat that the movie took really wasn't on an artistic level so overall I'm pretty pleased with it I think the production company itself maybe isn't one that I'm gonna you know look to sign with immediately but um, they never did me personally wrong um, as I was not the one murdered because <laughs> I'm here to talk about it not talk about it the murder but you know I'm, I'm alive is what I'm saying so overall I I feel like I'm sitting pretty, and uh, I got a little little cash in my pocketbook. Got to see Prague a little bit. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased. Pretty pleased. Go Corgis. All right, so Kyle, your writer's pretty happy. What about you? Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my paycheck, and I'm going to distribute among the crew, uh, and I'm just going to make scale. So I, hopefully when they're talking about what an awesome director I was, and then I'm going to take my per diem every weekend and uh, throw... Uh, like a movie party barbecue kind of thing for the cast and crew every weekend. Like we're just going to work five days, have two days off and I'm going to throw a party for them every Saturday or just be like a family. And so like, and, and I'm just going to go, yeah, I know the producer's a cheap ass, the studio sucks and everything. And then to solve the Ivan issue, you know, um, we need his 10 million, but as soon as he gets the check, I'm going to send an anonymous tip to a rival Russian gang of his like he's going to be traveling to set and then there's like this really dangerous section of highway. And so I'm going to make sure, I mean, I said, and I'll give you 2 million of the 10 million he, or I'll give you $2 million. So we'll only get 8 million more bills. will be enough to make the movie. And basically I'll just make sure that Ivan dies, but it looks like a rival gang did it. I'm going to use my movie magic skills to make sure that like, there's no connection back to the, to the production. And then Ivan's only Ivan dies and we get his money. You know, that's, that's a solution. 
This doesn't seem like a, a plot in a wacky 80s comedy or anything. It's just how I'm going to fix things. And then, like I said... and I then that's a good call, to, to murder somebody to cover up a future murder. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's pre- preemptive murder. To, it's, I'm saving lives. There we go. Because we have this time casual magic, I know oh. Ivan's going to kill that people. That's our next movie. We should get Liam yeah. Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> He can kill people with a snowplow. I know um, what I'm doing with my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so since we know time travel magic, but Ivan doesn't know that I know, and then like I know I'll be because I have time travel thing, I'll be able to get away with it scot free. And then when I'm on the circuit talking to Conan and you know going on the light night shows promoting the movie with Simon and, and Nick and stuff, like we'll just tell these stories about what an idiot and what a cheap ass the producer was, and everyone will just like, man, this movie succeeded because of that. It'll be cool. It'd be great. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. So, Ben, you've had some uh, interesting ideas about mm-hmm. how to handle this from the rest of your crew. Okay. What do you think? So, you artistic types. That's so cute, your ideas for covering up. But come on. Let the pro do this, okay? So, first off, some damage control. Um, I think the biggest shadiness and the, the most uh, negative press isn't the murders, but uh, Edgar Wright feeling duped. So, you know, I, I'm going to, we're going to combine these problems together, you know, um, during the hangout. That's what you took as the biggest problem? Right, you know, because we're marketing towards the spiritual successor of people coming in to see it. And, you know, if they don't feel like it was an Edgar Wright movie, then they won't want to see it. So, you know, we're going to just have those Edgar Wright moments where he comes and hangs out. And we're just going to have him hang out with Ivan a lot. And, you know, if he were to, something were to happen, we could say how it was Edgar Wright's last movie. And, you know, that'll bring people in. And, you know, who's going to correct us? Not Edgar Wright. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, and then we can do the uh, Ivan thing, how you plan later. Um, you know, there, there are more subtle ways to kill people, but, uh, you know, that's a studio thing. I mean, uh, more subtle ways to euphemism people, as they say. Yeah, I think, you know, just the Edgar Wright situation. And you know what? Other case scenario, you know, if it doesn't turn out, will have saved his life. And then he'll be so grateful that, you know, he'll say that what a great film it was. So either way, we're really going to get people to see this as an Edgar Wright film. And I think uh, all around uh, that'll be good. Also, the studio wants to cover up some other things. So I'm just going to we're having a barbecue this weekend, a wrap party, if you all would like to attend. I think you'll find it very climactic. Just come on by and, you know, we'll we'll share some hors d'oeuvres and have a great time. You're not jumping out of your seats to uh, do it, so, you know, um, I'm just going to... Contractually oblige us to. Right, that, yeah. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to throw this back into the movie machine. Uh, You you definitely do a little bit better. Your public perception is a little bit better. Ben still looks a little weird in the the spotlight, but Kyle certainly looks a lot better. Kyle, your your (laughs) plot... That's all I was trying to do. Yeah, your your plot goes through and and Ivan is is killed. What a horrible car accident. We can can even dedicate the end of the film to him. So, like, all his lieutenants and family just, like, they loved him because, you know, he was such a great producer. A loving memory of Ivan Rachmaninoff, or whatever his name was. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Ivan's daughter, Yanessa, interrogates the rival gang. They find out that the, the tip line was connected to your cell phone number. Look, good thing it was, but, but I, I, didn't, I used a burner and I called myself Dial Lecker. <laughs> so uh, right, but I tipped them I'll off. just say it might, might be good to start packing those bags, son. So there you have it, folks. Theft in the Family. Another movie machine hit. Thanks so much for joining us. As always, we are going to wrap our episode with a quote of wisdom from our patron saint, Jaden Smith. I brought sunscreen to the club tonight. 
That's it? <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the punchline or the beat or whatever it is to drop. That, that quote killed Jacob. He did. He did. <laughs>